friends. Welcome back to the Love Your People Well podcast. This is episode 74, and we are talking this week about family discipleship and specifically some ideas for how to celebrate and really actually engage your family with the Easter celebrations, Holy Week, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. How do we actually you know, prevent ourselves from getting caught up in the world's way of celebrating and not just go through the motions with our family, but actually engage our kids, use this opportunity to share the gospel, to disciple our people, and to grow together as a family. And a lot of these ideas, you know, it's not like you can only do them when it's Easter time, um, but we're going to talk through the days or, or really kind of the events of Holy Week and some specific conversation starters or activities that you can do with your kids, um, whether they're young or old. Obviously, it, it's going to look a little different if they're five or if they're 15, but there's so many different ways that we can engage our kids with God's story. And so we're using this really as an example, but it's a timely example because... <laughs> We are right in the middle of Holy Week, if you are listening to this in real time. And if you're listening to this in the future, it is never a bad time to try out pretty much any of these conversations or activities, even if you're looking back at Easter or looking ahead at Christmas or enjoying any other day in between that God has given you. So I'm excited for this conversation. I think it'll be really practical, really simple, and hopefully there are one or two ideas that are really going to hit home for you and feel like I can go back to my family and have a meaningful conversation. So I am excited. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships relationship with him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Now, I will warn you, my friends, I tend to record these podcast episodes while the kids are napping, um, but they are uh, not quite two and a half And my son in particular is really in the middle of that like nap refusal stage. I'd rather laugh and dance and scream and cry and (laughs) depending on his mood. So if you hear some kids in the background, just smile and know that they are happy and they are safe and that it might be a stressful afternoon (laughs) if he again skips out on his nap. But I know that I can sometimes be distracted in a podcast when there are lots of kid noises in the background. But hey, that's real life as a busy mom. And I don't want to miss out on a helpful episode just because he is not, you know, a robot that I can control. And he would rather play with his trucks than take a nap. You know, sometimes I probably feel the same way. Although, you know, gosh, if they if they only knew the value of a nap at that age. I mean, what what would we give today, my friend, for a nice long nap. Oh, it'd be so nice. Anyway, that is just my little heads up about what you might hear. Um, I'll go ahead and give my usual disclaimer while I'm at it. I'm a therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. It's not personal or professional advice. Um, There are so many ideas we're going to talk about today, and you might love all of them, hate all of them, try them and it bombs, try them and it's amazing. 
I don't know, use wisdom, use judgment, only do the things that we talk about on the podcast that actually make sense to you and that work for your family. Um, And please know there are some resources in the podcast description. If you are thinking about counseling or curious for some thoughts about mental health and um, what that looks like as a Christian, you can always get more resources on the website at loveyourpeoplewell.com. So as we jump into this conversation with some ideas about celebrating Holy Week and Easter, what we're going to do is really just kind of walk through the week and give some ideas, things that I have done with my kids, or I have friends who've done with their kids, or, um, you know, just different things that have come up over the years, because, and here's the real thing that I want to highlight, this is not just some normal celebration that we get to enjoy every year, and we have our ham and mashed potatoes and our fancy new dress and some candy and some eggs. That's nice, whatever. I hope you have some good traditions with your family that you enjoy. But this is a celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. This is the moment in history that everything changed. And we don't want to just rush past it. We don't want to let our kids start to think that this is just some normal or fancy thing in the church. We want to help our kids really grasp the incredibleness, not only of the fact that God became man, that Jesus came to earth, but that he was perfect and innocent and willing to be tortured and killed for us. And he didn't stay dead. He is alive. He didn't just come back to life and then like disappear. He is still alive. He is still active and working on our behalf and in our lives. And so there is so much opportunity this week in particular to really press into the gospel and engage our kids in God's story, what he has done already and what he is still doing today. And hopefully you know by now, if you've heard some earlier episodes, we have a lot of resources at Love Your People Well to help you go deeper with the Lord We have the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. We have um, a whole line of devotionals digging into different topics around family life. So there are lots of resources there. Um, I'm not going to highlight all of them right now because we are just going to dive into some practical ideas for celebrating this week with your family. But all those links and everything, if you want to go deeper, if you want to have a closer relationship with the Lord, all of those links are in the podcast description as well as on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 074. You will get all the links and resources specifically for this episode. So let's start at Palm Sunday. Technically, when this episode airs, we're already past Palm Sunday. But really throughout the week, I mean, a lot of the heavy stuff starts happening toward Easter weekend, Thursday night, Friday night, and through the weekend. Palm Sunday really kicks us off, though, as a really great opportunity with our kids to take time, not just on Palm Sunday, but every day this week, to read through some Old Testament stories and prophecies. A lot of times, this is stuff we skip over with our kids. We might zoom in on their favorite stories, you know, Daniel in the lion's den or Noah's ark. And really, if you read those stories out of the Bible and not out of your children's Bible, those are some... I mean, those are some deep stories of the wickedness of mankind and the goodness of God and the miracles that he does. And so this is a great opportunity 
to kind of wipe off some of that fluffy stuff that might happen at Sunday school and really get real and get deep with your kids about some of God's most famous moments before Jesus was born, let alone (laughs) was killed and resurrected. This is a great time to dive into the Old Testament, to engage your kids in maybe sharing their favorite story, act it out, sing songs about it, read the actual Bible version of that story and talk about some elements that maybe they've never thought about before or heard about before. Highlight how those stories point to Jesus. What do we see in the story of Daniel and the lion's den about our Savior and specifically Easter weekend that we are about to celebrate? And then beyond reading through the Old Testament and highlighting those stories, connecting them to Jesus, this is also a really great time to talk with your kids about how Jesus approached God. And yes, when we get to Good Friday and we think about his time in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's crucified, you know, that's a very intense prayer that we can also turn to. But really, if we look at all of Jesus's life, And specifically on Palm Sunday, those scriptures that he fulfilled, he knew God's word. He memorized God's word. He took God's word seriously and he lived it out. And your kids are not going to fulfill prophecy in the same way that Jesus did, obviously, but they can trust in God's prophecy and trust in God's promises, just like Jesus did and still does. And so this is a great opportunity to talk with your kids about all these elements of reading the Bible, knowing the Bible, how do we hear God's voice, what does it look like to live it out. Yes, Jesus was welcomed on Palm Sunday, but just a few days later, the same crowds were calling out for him to be crucified. So what a great opportunity to talk with our kids about who God is what it looks like to follow him, and the variety of responses that we might get from that. And then as we move forward in the week, we hit um, what's known as Maundy Thursday, which may or may not be a term that you are super familiar with in your church or in your family. And it's my understanding that it is a very specifically Christian word. It's one of those jargon words that isn't even popular anymore. But it's called Maundy Thursday, technically, because of the event at the Last Supper of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And so as we get toward the end of the week, we're preparing for Good Friday and Jesus's crucifixion. Thursday is when they celebrated the Passover event. Jesus had his Passover dinner with his disciples. He washed their feet He initiated communion. He broke the bread and passed around the wine. Um, He was betrayed by Judas. And then later that night, he was praying in the garden and he was arrested. And of course, overnight, had a very unfair trial, was denied by Peter. You know, a lot of those events happened overnight on Thursday. And yes, little asterisk here, there is some debate among some theologians about, you know, was it really on Thursday and Friday? Was it on Wednesday? Friends, that does not matter. (laughs) It does not matter what day of the week it was. What matters is the overall sequence of events. And traditionally, this is celebrated on Thursday. So this is a great opportunity toward the end of the week to do a few different activities um, for your family to wash each other's feet. That's probably going to be super awkward (laughs) 
It might be funny. It might tickle. But what a great opportunity to talk about what Jesus did, why he did it, and what he now expects us to do with the people around us, the people we have an opportunity to serve, which starts first and foremost at home. And not just mom serving the kids, not just dad serving mom, but everyone serving and helping everyone else. This is a family affair. So that can be a fun and quirky and meaningful activity together as a family. This also might be a great time to talk with your family about opportunities you might have to serve in your local community and maybe even this week to get out and do that. We talk about that a lot at Thanksgiving, but this is a great time to go to the homeless shelter, to go to the, the soup kitchen, whatever it is, to go to the animal shelter, to serve other people who are in need. You can do that in tangible ways with your family. And this also, especially if you don't maybe have the time to get out and do something, this might be a great time to, with your kids, write some notes of encouragement to people who are struggling, to people whom you love, to people in difficult jobs, um, like military folks, nurses, first responders, police officers. I mean, there's all sorts of people or just to write notes to your neighbors. I mean, there's really an endless list of people who you know or know of who need encouragement. And what a great opportunity to reach out and encourage people as we are reflecting on and celebrating what Jesus has done for us. And then a final idea here is to invite your family into a time of confession. Specifically, if you talk about and review communion and what happened there at the Last Supper, um, there are certainly some good prayers online, like the Book of Common Prayer. You can find that online. Some classic old Puritan prayers, not to mention plenty of modern stuff. If you don't feel comfortable leading your family in prayer, you can find some great stuff online or in books. But the important thing here is that this is a good opportunity to pray together as a family, to confess sins to the Lord. And maybe that's out loud. Maybe that's a time of silent confession. But reminding your family, we are all sinners. Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest friends and then was denied by one of his closest friends. And we think often that we're so holy or we're so committed to the Lord or we would never do X, Y, Z. Certainly our children think that a lot, but that's simply not true. If we don't give in to those temptations and those sins, that is only by the grace of God. So then we move forward through Holy Week into later on in the evening on Thursday, Jesus going to the garden, Jesus being arrested. Again, these are great opportunities to pray with your kids. Jesus asked his friends to stay awake with him and pray with him. Now, they did not succeed at that. They fell asleep. But you can, with your kids, you can intercede for people you know who are struggling. You can talk together about big, important, deep issues. Like, what's it like to be stabbed in the back by a friend? What is it like to be bullied and persecuted and accused of things that are untrue? How do we handle these sorts of problems? How do we forgive in ways that Jesus forgave? These are great conversation starters based in what happened to Jesus, specifically by his friends and his community. This also might be a great time to talk with your kids about the importance of friendship. 
friendship with God, friendship with siblings and each other, friendship with, you know, the more classic friends who they might naturally think of. You know, Jesus's relationship with his friends is really, it's not the main event that's happening this weekend, but that's a big part of it. How did they react to what was happening? How did Jesus respond to them when they were denying him, rejecting him, um, running away from him? That conversation about friendship can be really powerful as you connect that with Jesus's experience of friendship. And as you continue then to walk through Holy Week toward Easter Sunday and the Lord's resurrection, it's worth considering with your children, not simply Jesus was arrested and then Jesus was crucified, but what happened in between? The denial from his best friend, Peter, the incredible lack of justice in his trial, and even the process of crucifixion, which you know, technically occurred before his actual death. He hung on the cross for several hours. All of that is grounds for a wonderful conversation with your children. This is a great opportunity to talk with your kids about justice and to pray together for your country's legal system, um, particularly any specific issues that you know of where justice is a concern. This is a good opportunity to talk about peer pressure. I mean, if we look at Peter's denial, it is all about peer pressure, not that he actually stopped believing in Jesus, but that he was pressured by the people around him, the questions they were asking, probably the looks on their faces, and he gave in to that peer pressure and denied knowing the Lord his Lord. He is the one who acknowledged Jesus is the Messiah. And yet here he is denying his own Lord. Now, different families are going to be able to engage activities around these events. Um, Now, prayer is certainly an activity. (laughs) Conversation is certainly an activity. Um, But this could be a good opportunity to review as well the Beatitudes from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 5, or um, Jesus's last talk with his disciples, which is recorded in the Gospel of John. Um, I think it's chapters 15 to 17, somewhere around there. Those are wonderful opportunities to write down scripture, look at memorizing scripture. Um, Even if your kids are into games, you can make it into a memory game. You know, on one side is the verse, on the other side is the reference, you know, Matthew 5, blessed are the, and then on the other side, the persecuted the meek, you know, all, all the list of the Beatitudes. Um, there's a variety of ways that you could make these into activities with your children. You could go to your city's downtown courts and pray. Maybe you don't have to go into the court. You can stand outside. You can pray for the legal system. You can make it into an outing. Any opportunity we have to connect our day-to-day lives with the story of the gospel is going to be really helpful for that full discipleship of our children. Not just teaching them a lot of facts, but helping them actually connect dots in ways that make sense for them, in ways where now every time they drive downtown and they glance at that big, boring building, they have a deeper understanding of what justice or the lack of justice really looks like. This might also be a good opportunity to encourage your child to Invite over maybe a friend who they've had a falling out with or someone who they know is maybe a little bit of a loner in their class, doesn't have a lot of friends. Um, Again, 
pressing into some of the dynamics in the Easter story and inviting your child to be a part of it. And then as we move to Good Friday, Jesus's crucifixion and his death, it's certainly a good idea to attend, um, whether it's your church or some other local church, to attend a Good Friday service together. There are several different, um, I mean, any church could do any variety of types of services, but there are a few that are kind of standard that most churches are going to choose from. And so, I mean, you, you could, if you're homeschooling, maybe you could make a whole day of it probably and go to different churches that have services at different times. Um, but even just attending one service is going to be meaningful for your kids. Attending church, not just going to the building, but attending a service outside of a regular Sunday morning can be really inspiring for kids, really eye-opening that there's usually fewer people there. They usually have a different approach to the service itself. That's a great opportunity to talk. You can go out to dinner afterward. You can really make it an event. And most Good Friday services um, use a lot of symbolism around light and dark, that you're leaving the service after celebrating or remembering Jesus's crucifixion. You're leaving the service in dark. Um, They blow out the candles or whatever that might look like. They turn out the lights. And what a great opportunity, again, to connect that with our kids, with games or activities or conversation, looking at other examples of light versus dark. I mean, goodness, we see this in so many movies. Maybe your kids are into the Star Wars series. You see you know, it's noticeable that the Jedi are wearing white and Darth Vader is wearing black. You know, there's there's so much symbolism in so many movies and books, not to mention scripture. The very first pages of the Bible talk about God creating light, God separating the light from the dark. And when we read the story of Jesus's crucifixion itself, the sun went dark for several hours while Jesus was hanging on the cross. And so conversation about light and dark, good and bad, following God versus following the world, there's great opportunity there. But this is also a time maybe to play some games with flashlights or play some games where there's blindfolds involved. Whatever it is that your kid might be engaged in and interested in, that again gives them an opportunity to actually interact with the scriptures, the symbols of scripture, the meaning, of course, behind what light and dark really means in God's economy. A few other ideas for celebrating Good Friday in particular with your kids is to, um, and this actually probably links a little more into Thursday, but celebrate a Passover dinner together, a big fancy dinner. You don't necessarily need to follow all the Jewish customs, but a big dinner where you can read the scriptures or remember together the ways that God has saved his people. Many churches do a, um, I might mispronounce it, but a Seder, I think it's called a Seder dinner, um, which is, you know, a bit more on the Jewish tradition side. Um, Personally, my church does not do that, so I'm not super familiar with it, but I know that that is an event a lot of families find really meaningful, where again, you're engaging your family in not just the words of the Easter story or even just the story itself, but what was it like for Jesus? What was it like for the Israelites at the time when our Lord was crucified and then resurrected? So celebrating those meals together um, and possibly also identifying, maybe this is a conversation with your kids, maybe it's a 
you know, put something on a note card together. You don't necessarily have to talk about it, but this is a good time to encourage your kids to think for themselves about scary moments in their life, hard moments, really the the bad moments in life, and together then try to identify ways that God has used those seemingly very horrible moments. How has God used them for good? Because when we think about Good Friday, the Son of God being killed on a cross, the incredible torture and pain that he went through, those things are not good. Those things are evil and horrible. And yet God used that purposefully for good, for the reconciliation of every person before and after Jesus who would claim him as their Lord and be willing to follow him. And we can look at that in our own lives and with our kids. What are those horrible moments that just feel like everything's falling apart? Where is God? I don't understand. This is just not good. And how might we be able to help them see that God actually is using that for a bigger purpose? And we can't always see that in the moment. And sometimes we can't see it at all. But connecting our our pain and our emotions with the faithfulness of God in a personal way, not just in a story in the Bible, but in their own personal life, this is a great opportunity to have those conversations with your kids. Now, I know a lot of people don't really pay much attention to um, what I think the church traditionally calls Holy Saturday, that kind of in-between day where our Lord has been killed and buried, but he hasn't yet been raised from the dead. Um, But this is, again, a great opportunity with your kids to I mean, maybe just to talk about how strange it is that our we have this incredible God who does these amazing things, and yet life can feel so normal and so boring and so mundane. And so there may be some really fruitful conversation there with your kids about how God is moving and working, even when it looks like absolutely nothing is happening. Um, this might be a time to look at, have conversations around how do we keep him How do we keep God first in our lives, even when it feels like nothing's happening, nothing's going on? This might be a great day to review some of Jesus's miracles or specific stories from the Gospels. It might be a day to wear black with your family. This is a day of mourning. It could be a day for fasting and reflecting on God. Now, certainly, again, these are all just ideas. There is nothing out there saying you have to celebrate every single day of Holy Week and you have to do it just right if your child is going to grow up to be a Christian. These are just ideas for how we can interrupt the busyness of our lives and slow down and be intentional to disciple our kids through this very culturally popular (laughs) holiday not to mention this incredible part of the church calendar. And then, of course, we reach Easter Sunday. Most churches go all out for Easter, (laughs) sunrise service, or you have extra services, a fancy breakfast. Um, So it's a great opportunity to really engage your family in whatever your local church is doing. And then beyond that, a lot of families find this a really meaningful time to create your own traditions. And that might be um, singing certain songs together, um, getting a new Easter dress or, you know, really dressing up, going all out, getting fancy. This might be a time to 
especially with little kids, to act out. Jesus is dead, laying on the ground, and then boom, jump up, he's alive, we can celebrate. Act out the empty tomb. Um, You can put together a resurrection garden with your kids or resurrection eggs with little goodies inside them that remind them of the Easter story, a little toy donkey for um, Palm Sunday or a little uh, a little tiny nail. Well, if you want to give your kid a nail, I don't know. There's all sorts of ideas, <laughs> different things you can put inside the egg. So as they find them, again, you get a chance to review the story, to look at these tangible little toys, to talk through the true meaning of Easter. This is another great opportunity, of course, to read scripture, but even to go beyond the end of the Gospels. Most of the Gospels end with, you know, Jesus appeared to many of his disciples, and then we know from there he ascended into heaven. But what happens after that? A chance maybe to read some of the epistles. How did the early church react to the incredible news of Easter Sunday, of the resurrection of our Lord? Maybe read some of Revelation. What's coming next when Jesus comes back? Because he's coming back. He's still alive. He's not done. This is a good opportunity to talk about the new life that we have in Christ. Maybe to make, you know, a big poster board list with your kids. There's so many examples in the letters of the New Testament, the epistles, basically outlining, you know, this is your old self, boom, 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 boom. This is your new self, boom, 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 boom. Put off lying and anger and greed and put on compassion and kindness and forgiveness making those lists with your kids or cutting pictures out of magazines that remind them of the old life and the new life, Um, ripping up that old life list and burning it or, you know, anything that gets them thinking about not just what happened on Easter, on that first Easter morning, but how does it connect with them today, their life in this busy world, this modern world with their video games and their television and their cars and their busy schedules What does it actually mean that Jesus is alive? So I am not, my friends, going to recap all of these ideas. If you want to go back, obviously you can rewind and listen, but you can always go online to the show notes for this episode. If you want to review all of these ideas, that will be at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 074, because this is episode 74. But wherever you are at when you're listening to this, whether it's in real time and Easter is only a few days away, or it's in the future and Easter was a long time ago and Christmas is far away, it doesn't matter. I hope that these ideas are helpful for thinking through how you can take the regular parts of life, particularly the the church calendar, the stories in scripture, and connect it with your kids to their personal everyday lives, conversation starters, activities, anything we can do to help our kids not just hear the stories and kind of it's in one ear and out the other. I've heard it a thousand times, but actually engage with the story. That is our goal. (laughs) We can't make them be Christians. We can't force that on them, but we can show them a real and living and active and growing faith and what that looks like. So friends, I am praying that you have a wonderful Easter. I hope if this is your first time listening to the podcast, that you will hit that subscribe button, uh, that you'll leave a review of the podcast, particularly if you found it helpful or you have, you know, ideas. Gosh, let's talk about this in a future episode. (laughs) 
(laughs) I want you to be able to stay connected to this community and to disciple your family, to keep Jesus at the center of the undoubtedly incredibly busy life that you have. But that is all we have for today. So my friends, hugs and blessings. I will talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.com.